The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. of the Roto World Football Podcast. As you know, it's the most important podcast in the universe because you make it so. You've done that for over 260 episodes so far. My name is Josh Norris. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, it is late Friday night. I have honestly lost count or lost track of what day it is. Um, all I know is that tomorrow morning, which is probably when you're listening to this, we'll have quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends working out on the field. Before I get to the running back and offensive line review for about 10 minutes today, um, I do want to tell you and thank you for subscribing to this podcast. If you are already a subscriber, be sure to leave us a rating or review. It really, really does help us out. It helps us reach more people so they can kind of join the community that you have started. And if you like this podcast at all, you're just listening to it randomly. Do hit that subscribe button because we'll have three more on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Plus, you know, for the rest of the offseason. All right, let's get into the running backs and offensive linemen. First, I'll start with the running backs. And I think the overall theme of today is failing to reach expectations. But let me leave you with this phrase before we move on. Disappointment is a result of expectations. And you are the ones that are responsible for the expectations that you have. Okay. So just because players like David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, Elijah Holyfield didn't reach the expectations athletically that you set out for them, that doesn't mean it should be a destroyed evaluation. Again, the expectation for them to test well came from you or something that you read or something that you embraced. It's that simple. But I listed those names along with Josh Jacobs, who did not participate due to injury. Conversely, players like Justice Hill, Mike Weber, Travis Homer, Ryquel Armstrong, Miles Sanders, Alex Barnes were the ones who really stole the day at the running back position. Justice Hill is an interesting smaller back who excelled in space with explosion and quickness at Oklahoma State in their spread out offense. Miles Sanders from Penn State was the replacement for Saquon Barkley. One, we know how amazing that strength and conditioning program has been to produce athletes into the NFL draft. I mean, you look at Chris Godwin, you look at Mike Gesicki, you look at Saquon Barkley. You can look at Troy Apke. You can go down the list. I mean, it's pretty incredible what they're doing there at Penn State. And Evan Silva and I spent a good five minutes on him and a couple of podcasts ago that you can go and search for. Um, Evan liked him a lot more than I did. To me, he is someone who was very, very good at 
that short area quickness, that initial explosion to beat the man that is in front of him. But he does have this tendency to be drawn towards the sideline. Matt Harmon, friend of the podcast, pointed out that that's kind of a similar style to a James Starks. Um, again, love what he does and constantly does it in terms of beating the single man in front of him, the single defender. But then the entire scope of the run, he kind of loses sight of it. It's certainly evident when he does beat that first man by trying to hurdle them and then two other defenders that are within two yards away just toss him to the ground immediately. Then the third was Alex Barnes out of Kansas State. Cannot say I watched a single second of Alex Barnes prior to the combine. Did not do that. Um, I did watch him after his workout because he's going to be the most likely the number one athlete of this running back group. Um, Man, he creates some force and it makes sense because of his explosion. I did get a little bit of a Daniel Lasco vibe to him, if you remember that name from a couple years ago. Um, he didn't seem to stay up on contact in terms of someone like we talk about, like a David Montgomery or a Devin Singletary, in terms of that balance on contact to pick up extra yards by beating that man initially. But again, I mean, this certainly is going to get him drafted. I think that's one way to look at this, right? We have top testers every year at the running back position who go undrafted. Uh, Mike Boone, for example. Uh, Matt Breida, for example. But then later on, as undrafted free agents, make an impact. So instead of, you know, forcing maybe an Alex Barnes, and look, maybe some of you think he belonged in the second, third, fourth round to begin with. But that fourth through seventh round area, because the the grades are so fine, there's such a fine line between them in those rounds that he should end up going there. Again, this athletic profile certainly means he's going to be drafted. So I mentioned the likes of David Montgomery. I mentioned the likes of Devin Singletary, Elijah Holyfield. Um, these prospects did not have good workouts. Specifically, we'll look at Singletary and Holyfield. Uh, the athletic profiles have not come out in terms of Zach Whitman's Three Sigma Athlete, which are the ones that I use. So I don't know exactly where they are. But there's two ways to look at this, Okay. One, you always hear me talk about complete composite scores, complete athletic profiles, but I don't necessarily talk about them in relation to success with running backs. Running back and center are kind of two positions where the athletic profile doesn't matter as much in comparison to, you know, interior defensive line or edge rusher, right? Those positions, if you have a top-end profile, I love the potential success that you might have at that spot. Again, running back is different, and I'll run through a few names here, and this is just in the last two years. Philip Lindsay had an athletic profile on the 34th percent. Dalvin Cook, 6th percent. James Conner, 6th percent. Elijah McGuire, 19th percentile. Kareem Hunt, 27th percentile, okay? So there's so much more to being a running back than being athletic. And the second part of that is the easiest way to use athletic testing is to eliminate non-NFL caliber athletes. Again, I don't have these composite scores in front of me yet. They've not been tabulated yet. So I can't tell you if Singletary or Holyfield hit that mark. I would not guess that Singletary did. But even if Holyfield or Singletary did, we must include pro day numbers. Why, might you ask? I know that a lot of you think that pro day numbers are inflated. Well, if we're comparing these prospects across the rest of this class, there's only, you know, 270-something prospects at the NFL Combine. So the other 1,500 
we're using their pro day numbers, aren't we? So shouldn't we use these pro day numbers as well? And there's also the chance that these players just had a bad day. They just had a bad workout. The NFL Combine is a strenuous event where you get up super early in the morning. I mean, I know I have bad days, so it, it is certainly possible they can improve at their school's pro days. An example of that last year was Orlando Brown. You know, he tested like a non-NFL caliber athlete at the NFL Combine. Then he went on to Oklahoma's pro day, did a couple of his tests again, and broke that threshold. He went from the negative two sigma to the negative, I think, 1.7 or 1.8 sigma. And so, again, he wasn't a good athlete. He wasn't even an average athlete. But he wasn't a non-NFL caliber athlete anymore, which is a very, very important distinction to make. I'm not trying to make excuses for these runners. But again, I laid it out. I don't think that compared to edge rusher, defensive line, maybe even offensive line at tackle and at guard, corner safety, whatever, that a athletic profile is as meaningful to the running back position. Then I gave you a list of running backs that succeed just in the last two years with below average athletic profiles and very poor ones in Dalvin Cook and James Conner's case. And then also we need to, you know, remember that these prospects have another chance to improve their athletic profile. But again, on the flip side, your Justice Hills, your Miles Sanders, your Alex Barnes, your Mike Webbers, your Travis Homers, they've already shown that they are very, very good athletes. And we've seen that those types of runners that slip through the cracks a little bit, get taken on day three, go undrafted, that do have good athletic profiles at the running back position, those have a chance of hitting as well. So we can spin it as a positive there. So on the offensive line front, one, I absolutely loved listening to Joe Thomas today on the field during NFL Combine activities. You know, I've, I've gone to coaching clinics and I try to listen to podcasts with people that know offensive lines, that know offensive line techniques very well. But today was different. Like the way that Joe Thomas, and it makes sense because he was so good at it, can explain what is so important, the critical factors that are needed to succeed, and also which drill exhibits those was awesome. I wish I could just post that whole clip for you right now. I obviously can't. So I'll give you just a few notes of what I found the most important. Thomas, in its simplest form, said offensive line play is how fast you can get back in your set, square up, and then load with power. He also mentioned that on the first step of your set, nothing should move in your upper body on that first kick. And almost all of offensive line play is about hips and feet. The arms, the reach, the arm length that you know we get measured and we hear about is really just the piece that is attached to the defender. It makes a lot of sense. This is why maybe athleticism is super important. That the mirroring, that the positioning all comes from the lower half, the hips, the feet. I don't think that that can be universal. You know, maybe the best ones are in that regard because we see a lot of ugly offensive line play in the NFL that works. And, you know, there's more than one way to win. And a lot of it is upper body strength or just size in general. But if we're talking about technicians, the, the best of the best at their position and the athletes at that position, this is what works according to Joe Thomas. And he also mentioned that he believes it takes three months to switch positions and sides. So a left tackle going to right tackle, left guard going to right guard. I saw that Jeff Schwartz mentioned that position coaches want it to happen in one practice, and it makes so much sense. I mean, it's basically trying, if you're left-handed, trying to write with your right hand and vice versa because your steps are completely inversed. 
your weight distribution is completely inversed. Your hand use is completely inversed. It's not as easy as going into a... Earlier in the week, I told you about that 4-4-7 20-yard short shuttle mark that if you hit it at the NFL Combine, you have a very good chance of success in the NFL. In fact, I found 19 of the 22 were drafted that hit that mark since 2010, and those 19 went on to start, on average, 85% of their games uh, in the NFL. We only had one player hit that this year, and that is Andre Dillard out of Washington State. Dillard was at the Senior Bowl, did very well. He lost a couple of times to Montez Sweat, but that's what you do in one-on-ones in that type of atmosphere. What's super important about Andre Dillard is how exceptional he is in pass protection already. We know coming out of that Washington State offense that Andre Dillard has a ridiculous amount of passing down exposures for scouts to see. And he honestly might be the best pass protector in this class at that tackle position. NC State center Garrett Bradbury did a, another very good job. Um, he was another senior bowler. He ran a ton of zone scheme in college and had to reach block a lot. We could see that he was athletic doing that both in school and in Mobile, Alabama. And that athleticism was showcased here today as well. Um, He, I mean, the obvious comparison that everyone's going to make is to Ryan Khalil. That makes a ton of sense. Um, And we could totally see Garrett Bradbury work his way into the first round. We ended up all loving him, but Frank Ragnow wasn't really a popular selection in the first round until like the last couple weeks of April. So strong chance that Garrett Bradbury ends up in round one as well. We also have Eric McCoy from Texas A&M, who's another center slash guard who posted a very, very good athletic profile. Um, And uh, just a quick shout out to Joshua Miles, who posted a 36-inch vertical, which is the best at the combine since at least 2006. Again, that individual result doesn't mean a lot, but I love when these guys post historic numbers each year. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. If you enjoy this podcast at all, hit that subscribe button. I'll be back with three more for the rest of the combine. We'll talk to y'all soon. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble, betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.